Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here with Dell Secure Works talking with Joe Stewart and James Betke. Both of you have done some research into business email compromise attacks, and of course, we know that these attacks have been evolving and they're impacting organizations throughout the world. What I found interesting about some of the research is that it's focused on Nigerian hackers. So while we've been focusing so much attention on Russian attacks, the Nigerians have been flourishing. You recently did a case study. Tell us a little bit about the case study that you conducted and what reflective social engineering is. So reflective social engineering is when you have someone approach you trying to social engineer you and then you turn that attack back on them and you social engineer them better and you find out more information about them than they thought that they would ever disclose. So in this case study, uh, we had a friend who got a uh, business email spoofing email. So a little bit different than business email compromise. In this case, all they were doing was pretending to be the CEO of her tech firm and asking for an urgent wire transfer. So this scam has been going on for a while. People have seen it all over and talked about it. But you know, we think it's important to try and do some sort of mitigation on you know this kind of activity. So we're trying to engage this fraudster. Uh, we're trying to get information as per bank accounts that they want the wire transferred into. So what we can do then is go to that bank and say this is going to be uh, you know, a fraudulent uh, transaction at some point is going to hit this account. Uh, you should freeze this and you know, stop the flow of money back to the fraudster. And if we play the victim and we play dumb long enough, we might be able to get multiple bank accounts uh, out of this and, and really have an impact not only on their operation, but any other people that use that same money laundering service and are also using those same accounts. Joe, have the victims, quote unquote, been receptive to working with you on this or have they been a little bit nervous about kind of playing along? Uh, there is some trepidation uh, as far as, you know, what is it that these uh, fraudsters might do to me? Really, the, the, the worst thing that we've seen is they're just really annoying. They'll, they'll call very persistently even uh, sometimes if they have your phone number just to, to try and get you to make that transfer as soon as possible because they know the longer they wait, the more likely the fraud will be discovered. But beyond that, you know, once the fraud is, is discovered and you tell them, hey, I know this isn't, you know, real and I'm going to report you or whatever, they usually just go away and, and try the next victim. There's there's plenty of more fish in the sea and they're not really focused on retribution or, or you know doing anything further than just trying to make money. So you mentioned this business email spoofing attack. James, I'd like for you maybe to elaborate a little bit here because this reverse or reflective social engineering isn't something new. You guys have been doing this since about August of 2016. But you mentioned earlier that you've gone a little bit more in depth this time that you kind of took it a step further. Right. Well, um, generally people just disregard, you know, the, these types of emails. If you're aware of the, the content of it, you say, oh, that's, that's not for my CEO. They just sort of ignore it. And as far as security researchers tracking it down, there's not much to go on. It's not like a malware campaign where there's lots of infrastructure to follow. Generally, it's just uh, an email account, you know, at a free email uh, service where they can just set these up all day long. So we figured the only way to really get more is to play along. So we started off by replying and uh, they sent us bank accounts, but we figured out that they really, really wanted those payment slips mm -hmm. because when working with a money mule, uh, to prevent the mule from saying, oh, that transfer never occurred and keeping all the money, they have sort of the payment slip uh, from the victim to prove that. 
So we sort of held that hostage and said, okay, we're going to send you this slip, but it's going to be behind sort of this uh, protective portal. It's company policy. So we set up a, uh, a phishing website almost uh, to try and get him to divulge more information. And you'd like to teach other companies how to do this and maybe use some of the same tools? It just uh, really takes the, uh, the idea of social engineering and phishing somebody to the next level. It's, it's designed to basically chain a series of responses together so that the uh, target is always one step away from getting the information they need. They just have to enter one more piece of identifying information about themselves. And that's what makes it great is because, you know, these uh, fraudsters are so desperate to get that payment slip because there's, you know, potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line that they divulge a lot of information that we can tie back to them because it's linked to social media accounts and, and other services. So this is something that researchers um, have been very focused on. What about getting law enforcement or regulatory bodies involved? Yeah, we want to uh, get law enforcement uh, to um, go after these guys and, you know, by having this uh, information, you know, the attribution of these attacks, uh, you know, on hand, we're hoping that by putting them together with the victims and, you know, our information, you've got what you need to, to make a case for prosecution. So I know that uh, U.S. law enforcement is very interested in this uh, type of cybercrime. Uh, Nigerian law enforcement, the same. Perhaps, you know, they don't have as many resources as they need to tackle it because it's a huge problem over there. But yeah, this is something that uh, we want to work with them. We want to work with the, uh, the banks to shut down the fraud and, and, you know, protect all these companies. We know that business email compromise and business email spoofing is a global problem. You mentioned Nigeria and, and the U.S. being very keen to kind of, I guess, curb some of the losses. What about other parts of the world? Other parts of the world, the amount of fraud coming out of there is a lot smaller when it comes to business email compromise and business email spoofing. It is largely centered in, in West Africa uh, and most of it's in Nigeria. Uh, there's a few outliers, obviously. But what other countries could be doing is, you know, getting together their uh, banking industry, um, providing contacts where fraudulent accounts can be reported in a central location. Uh, because that's that's one of our biggest stumbling blocks when we, when we get this information from one of these fraudsters about an account they plan to use to launder the money through. Um, you know, we then have to go seek out a contact uh, at that bank to report the fraud to. And, and you know, that's that's not easy at all times. Well, Joe and James, I'd like to thank both of you for your time today. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Joe Stewart and James Becky of SecureWorks. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.